0: Sports minutes
1: with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan.
0: But uh, obviously he's frustrated because you were superior in all in all aspects and from the very first beginning. And they were hoping on a couple counter attacks like uh, to hurt us on the break. Um, and yeah, in the end, you know they are buzzing with the point, and we are very disappointed with a point. Did their form coming into this and what happened in this fixture back in March, did it create a strange feeling, expectation around the match? It's all about from the outside world the the perception that, you know, there was only one team that could be, could have a positive outcome I think in in today's game and whether they won, lose, whatever. Um, But for us, I think if I remember correctly last year we didn't come in with a good um, feeling towards the main united game and uh, we won the game convincingly of course last year but last year don't count now and um, this is a game on its own it's always have been because it means more means more to us means more to the fans and um, unfortunately we couldn't win
2: it means more indeed especially to the fans zhao raushan is joining me i'm elliot danker it is time to break down that match that happened 30 minutes after your birthday. have you yes. belated.
3: Thank you so much. And I must say, uh, the candles that I blew out, I made that wish that United won't get ripped apart. That came true. They held on. And you can hear from what Virgil van Dyke spoke there, right? You can sense that Liverpool feel it was a missed opportunity. But in a Manchester United perspective, I think it's job done.
2: I, you know, when uh, Bruno Fernandes got himself suspended for the game a week ago, I was going, wow, this is bad for United. And how will United Respond and then we lose to Bayern Munich We I didn't even watch it because I was expecting it to be bad but I was still awake and then I checked the score at halftime what? still nil-nil Rafa Varane played mm. which was a surprise
3: yeah surprising but I think uh, Ten Hag's hand was slightly forced with missing players so he put out the best possible 11 you Talk about Bruno being suspended. I think that actually worked in favour for Manchester United because yeah. they came together as a team. Look, I'm I'm not going to lie here and say United played on the front foot. It was very much backs against the wall, a very dogged defensive display. Yeah. But I'm not sure United could do much else considering the injuries, the recent form, yeah. and just the scars that come with playing at Anfield. The scars are still there, right? And yeah. those 7-0 scars, I know it's still... The punchline in most jokes, it's difficult to recover from. So I think all things considered, United left with their heads held high and that counts or something.
2: Last manager to win at Anfield, do you remember? Jose? Was it Jose? Uh, I thought it was Louis be. Van Gaal. Oh, it might be Louis, Louis Van Gaal. Might, might yeah. be Louis I with think Anthony team... Uh, Solo sort of solo-esque run, right?
3: Yeah, I beg your pardon. I think Jose was the last manager when United scored at Anfield. Ah, I think the the aggregate, let's not get into those (laughs) aggregates. But a lot has been said about what Virgil van Dyke said in the post-match, accusing him of being arrogant, perhaps. Or was it frustration? It seems like Roy Keane and Daniel Sturridge can't agree on Sky Sports either. Have a listen.
4: Uh, obviously we, we heard Van Dyke speaking there, obviously a lot of, of arrogance coming out of him, dishing United like that. He, he, needs, re- now he needs a reminder himself, he's playing for a club won one title in 30 odd years. He's saying only one want team to, wanted to win, Man United buzzing with the point. Man United are in a difficult place, like Liverpool have been a difficult place for many a year. So maybe that bit of arrogance backfired on him today. I don't know if it was arrogance I- personally. That's arrogance, I that's I arrogance. You I I think think said Man United were buzzing, only one team came to play. Yeah. Listen, I've come to many times here when I was at United, when Liverpool were in a tough place mm. and they were happy with a draw. Yeah, 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 United will take the ball, but for the tradition like that saying, oh, they're buzzing, they're only one team wanted to win. United had one or two chances, United are up against it. I think he's not disrespecting the club. I think he's disappointed at how Liverpool have performed. Looking at the stats, looking at the way in which they controlled the game, I think he's thinking, well, if they had a higher line, if they had tried to maybe break us down, maybe we could have had counter attacks. There weren't many counter attacks for Liverpool today. It was mainly them controlling the game, trying to break United down. There were moments there where there were like eight, nine people in the line on the edge of the box. So we're talking That's about. arrogance. It's That's not arrogant. arrogance. It's for me, it's right? shots. I don't it's think it's arrogance. Right? It's just frustration. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it is frustration, but it's torn with, when he's talking about Man United.
2: I mean, you know is entertainment 10 for 10.
3: Yeah, he is, but I must say Daniel Sturridge brings some balance to that conversation. Roy Keane obviously is a devil through and through. He feels the the salt in the wounds almost when when that comes out like that. But Sturridge t- makes a fair point. I yeah. think I think because these post-match interviews happen right in the aftermath of the result, yeah, right? Yeah. The the emotion is very yeah. raw. Yeah. And considering Liverpool had the chance to go top of the table, and against a very dire Manchester United, they probably thought it would be three points. I yeah. think Van Dyke came from a frustrated perspective and also a disappointed perspective. But many Liverpool fans who've got in touch with me via social media say their team didn't do enough either. <laughs> so, so I feel like there's some consensus
2: that okay. Liverpool, it was a missed opportunity for Liverpool. If you don't mind me saying, I, I'm not saying I agree with Roy Keane. I do wonder if Roy Keane is thinking that United should have won Rasmus Hoyland mm. kind of missed an opportunity. He's overthinking it. At the same time, you look at the Darwin Nunes, is he ever going to get it right for, for Liverpool's second season already? Hoyland, you could say, well, he's done well in the Champions League, considerably well. So, you know, it's not like he's got no goals, mm. just not in the Premier League.
3: I think with Hoyland, if he had a few Premier League goals under his belt already, yep. he would have tucked away that one chance for Manchester sure. yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. got. Unfortunately, yeah. confidence is a bit of an issue. For United's sake, you hope he finds it for. Liverpool, for all their dominance and shots, I feel most of it was direct at Andre Onana, and yep. there wasn't that X-factor of playing at Anfield, mm. and while I disagree that Van Dijk was being arrogant, I do suspect Liverpool was slightly complacent, almost. They yeah. went to this yeah. thinking, you know, United are so rubbish, Yeah, all we got to do is just go into second gear and we'll find a way through, but as the clock ticked away, and then they struggled against to break down this United team, right? So I think it's Two points drop for Liverpool and that might become a bigger issue because we're talking about a very tantalising title
2: race. I, I don't know why we're talking uh, about that. Uh, I would have thought that Diego Dalo unnecessary sending off would have gone <laughs> ridiculous. a little bit more, yeah. more uh, uh, comms on that or, or, or discussion on that. Uh, but you're right. I, I completely agree with you because you and I spoke before the game yeah we were expecting a thrashing. yeah, I mean, you were praying or using your birthday wish, you wasted your birthday wish on that. No? I mean,
3: not much of a waste because today at least I can come into the office and smile slightly, but but yeah, I, it was that diet going into yeah. it. but, I think once the dust settles on the result, yeah. Manchester United have to make sure, we spoke about it last week, it's that consistency, it's that building from. Next up for menu is West Ham, a very yeah. informed team. And then yeah. we have Aston Villa who we'll talk about later on. Yeah. So it's not going to get any easier for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I think they need to use this doggedness as a base to build something because they need to start picking up points soon and for Liverpool yep. they play Arsenal in the league next and already that's looking like a 6-pointer for the title race Arsenal, because
2: yeah edging them out already exactly
3: and City yeah. are falling by the wayside yeah. slightly so it's all getting a bit Squeaky bum time.
2: Well, it's exciting and uh, glad to see uh, Andrea Nana looking uh, a little bit more impressive, you know, talking to Sky Sports, saying that you're telling me that the best Champions League goalkeeper is the worst in the world after six months. No, but... uh, You see, that
3: can be read as arrogance as well, but But it's confidence. (laughs) You see, that's
2: what I mean. It depends on which side of the fence, I guess. Hey, but you got to give props to this young boy. Kobe Maino. Wow. What a star. What he, a star. He, he is not worried. yeah.
3: He got an early yellow card yeah. and you worry for bigger players yeah, on a yellow yeah, card yeah. in the centre of midfield in a game like this, right? Mm. Kept his head, kept his cool. Yeah. And that pass he played for Ganacho, who Ooh. also had half a chance. Yeah. Well played, Trent Alexander-Arnold for defending it. Yeah. But I tell you what, we are waxing lyrical about Kobe Maino. He's clearly the future. Yep. I think Amrabat does not have a future with Manchester United. I... I was for the signing, mm. but I'm so glad it's just a loan signing mm. because we have to cut our losses. He doesn't look fit for
2: purpose for the Premier League. I think. Yeah, uh, I tell you what though, I had I had a really uh, good laugh over the weekend. This this photo is I, I, it's going to be immortalized. Uh, first, it's a photo of Roy Hodgson <laughs> and and uh, Pep Guardiola side by side, and the next photo, Pep Guardiola's got his face in his hands and Roy Hodge is looking at him and laughing
1: at him. Oh, it's,
2: man. I know the caption has said laugh but the way I look at it it's almost a smirk if it's that so, makes sense. It's, it's it's so real. It's so pure and that's football, man. Exactly. It is.
3: And I'll be honest with you on Saturday I watched City go 2-0 and
2: yeah. I shut
3: the TV because I oh, wanted okay. to get a good night's rest. yeah. yeah. And before I fall asleep on bed, I see Crystal Palace have magically made it to all. And that's (laughs) the worry, right, for for Man City that they are falling by the wayside. In terms of the title race, it looks like City are falling by the wayside, right? And the problem is, I feel like they need to be careful, but their motivation levels are being questioned, as Gary Neville mentioned on the Gary Neville podcast.
1: Actually, I'm not just saying it. I expected this, you know, post-treble. I said it at the start of the season that I tipped Arsenal for the league. Manchester City could win the league by 10 points, so I say that every time I do this interview. But I just felt post-treble, you cannot reach that high in your life and then stay there. You just can't. You have to dip after that. There's always a little bit of a... There's always that. That that sort of feeling that, you know, we can just go out and we, and we don't have to maybe do the things that we did to climb the mountain. Uh, and what's happening is they're getting a little bit of a you know, clip round the ear, But... It's giving teams a chance. It's giving Arsenal a chance. It's giving Villa. It's giving Liverpool. It's giving all the teams a chance. And everyone that plays City now feels they can get a point off them. But it could turn in the new year. You know, for City, it could be that they're just a little bit bored. A little bit sort of the games aren't motivating them as much because they've achieved such a great, uh, you know, feat last season. They could get to February. The games start coming thick and fast. They're in the Champions League. The knockout phases of that, the big league games start coming up, the adrenaline starts running, all of a sudden the football and the seriousness and the concentration and the focus start, and that's when City are dangerous. So these are the teams at this moment in time, they've got to get a fair few points lead because they'll need that lead because City will hunt them down and they could overtake them if they're not very good themselves in the running. Wow,
2: do you agree with Gary Neville, experienced travel winner there?
1: Yeah, I think you have to take Gary
3: Neville seriously because he's, he's won the treble before and he knows that euphoria and mm. the struggle to keep up. I guess under Sir Alex, they never let the yeah. laurels drop almost. Yeah. But with City, the proof is in the pudding. You can see they are huffing and puffing slightly. They are missing key players like Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland. So they are struggling slightly, but it's worrying because seldom do you see a City team in cruise control 2-0 up and then conjure to lose a two-goal lead. And this is just one example yeah. of their demise in the past recent weeks. And he makes a fantastic point. There are teams like Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa who are getting ahead. It's on them now to build up a bit of a lead because when City turn the corner, they go into this overdrive juggernaut mode, right? Mm. And then they hunt teams down. So I think everyone's expecting that eventually. But mm-hmm. for now, City have... Left a few question marks.
2: Which team right now, as we head into Christmas, well, next week's Christmas, right? Which team is exciting you the most right now? I mean, for me, I, I know it may not happen at all, but who knows, right? Aston Villa.
3: Yeah, you, <laughs> you must say Aston Villa yeah. have really caught the eye, just plugging away, getting mm. the business done. and Quietly, you know, nobody's putting any pressure on them. And right? I think that's, that's the good thing for them, that, that everyone every week for now yeah. is saying, wow, Aston Villa keep winning. It's no... It's They're not under the scrutiny just yeah. yet because people are bothered with Arsenal and yeah, Liverpool yeah, yeah. and yeah. City's demise and United all the time. Oh, of course. But the way Aston Villa are going about their business, it's brilliant. And I would love to see a three-horse title race with yeah. an unexpected candidate almost like Aston Villa. Yeah. And Una Emery really deserves massive props because you talk about that Christmas period in 2023 after Man City, Aston Villa have the most number of points in the calendar year. Oh, wow. And how impressive is that yeah. when you consider
2: the rest of the teams in the equation? I mean, we, we take Unai Emery for, for granted, right? He's managed big teams, he's managed mid-teams, and he has shown, and, and it's it's across the continent uh, in Europe, he has won mm. several times. You call it a, a, a serial UEFA Cup winner mm. if you want, but, you know, it's still titles. It's still knowing how to win and knowing how to make your players want to win.
3: And I think that's what What's most exciting about this Aston Villa title charge? It's almost like take me seriously. I'm yeah. here because he didn't have the best of times at Arsenal, but he's recreating that reputation at Aston Villa, and long may it
2: continue. What do you think? Arsenal, Liverpool. You've Oof. got Spurs who uh, did the business against Forrest. Uh, and of course uh, Chelsea managing a win uh, against Sheffield United. I think we're prime for the for the start of uh, the next transfer window in January. I think we are. Thought is already signing off
3: those checkbooks. Sports Minutes
1: on Money FM 89.3.